Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. Did not start with the pieces. They started with the portrait and cut it up into pieces. And your task and your job is to take all those pieces and put them back to form a portrait. The second law to a puzzle is that there are no extra pieces. There are no extra pieces to that picture or to that puzzle. And no matter how crazy it looks, whatever is needed to make that picture is already there. The third law of a puzzle is that every uneven piece fits. Every uneven piece fits. And the only reason it doesn't fit is because you have it in the wrong place. And it doesn't matter how out of sync it looks. Every piece fits and comes together. If I say nothing else this morning, Whatever looks unbefitting in your life is all part of the big picture. And all you have to do is put the pieces in the right place. And then you'll come to the conclusion that all things come together. For the good to them that love God and that are called according to His purpose. The resolution is that You cannot take one piece out of that puzzle and throw it away. Because if you do, no matter how uneven, how ugly or unpreferred they may be, the whole picture will be incomplete. And God's word for somebody today, listen, is that that is how God works in your life. That God began your life with a complete picture. But he gives it to you in pieces. And there are no extra pieces. And no matter how uneven, no matter how ugly, no matter how unpreferred one piece looks, it fits in your life and in the picture of your life. So I would believe today that God is giving somebody a word today that he is using the uneven pieces of your life, the ugly moments of your life, and the not preferred moments of your life. He's using them to bring everything together, even if you don't understand it right now. And the unnervingness for the believer is the following, listen closely, is that everybody wants to see God only in the good. 
we only want to see God in the positive. But when you really mature in God, you know how to see God even in the negative, even in the ugly, even in the uneven, and even in the unpreferred. God wants to teach us that he's behind every uneven, even the ugly and the unpreferred pieces and moments of your life. And that when you trust God, he could bring all of it and put it all together so that you could see the big picture of your life. There's one thing that God is a master in doing, is that he's a master in confirming, listen closely, confirming your life in the worst time of your life. A lot of times we feel that God will confirm our life when everything's good and dandy and when the right person comes and gives us a word of prophecy. But many times God will confirm your calling and confirm your life in the worst time of your life because he's bringing clarity to your life at a time when it's ugly. He will bring clarity into your life at the time when it is uneven and when it is even unpreferred. Listen, the believer thinks... That if it's all good, it must be God. And if it's all bad, it has to be the devil. But sometimes, even in the bad, it's God. Even in the bad, it's God working in your life. Even in the bad, it's God trying to teach you something. Even in the bad, it's God trying to stretch your faith. Even in the bad, God wants to know, can you trust God? Can you believe his word? Can you believe his promises? And such is the case discovered here in the discourse found in 1 Samuel chapter 22, where, where the main character and the focal person of this text is no other than a skillful musician by the name of David. David has been anointed as God's first king, but Israel's second king. The first king was by the name of Saul, who God never really wanted. But he decided to give them Saul, listen to me, so that they would have a yearning for David because oftentimes Vida City Church God God will often create a desire for the right thing by giving you the wrong thing hello somebody you'll never know what you really want until what you have brings it to you because what you have is not what you really wanted and what you really needed and God sometimes will create a desire for the right thing by allowing you to have the wrong thing. And David finds himself on the run because Saul is trying to kill David because Saul cannot handle the report and the attention that David is getting for killing Goliath. And because of that, Saul is stricken with the spirit of jealousy. God is no longer with Saul. God is raising up now David. And David finds himself in this chapter as a fugitive running, trying to save his life. He finds himself hiding in a cave called Adullam, which is in the vicinity of Jerusalem. And he heads out there trying to stay away from the jealous javelin of Saul who's trying to kill him. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 22 
that he is on the run, and while he's on the run from the jealous javelin of Saul, three group of people show up in that cave. One is his family. Two are 400 men that are distressed in debt and bitter. And three, there's a prophet that shows up to speak to David and tell him, get out of this cave. This is not where God has you and for what God has called you and appointed you and anointed you for. That basically is the story. So let me back up and let's, let's see some things that I believe in this text are pertinent to our walk with God. The text is, is made and tailored in such a way that God confirms David's calling and will confirm our calling in our life in the worst time of our life. And when he is doing that, the first thing he will do is that he will send people to care for you, listen to me, as a person. A lot of people will attend you for your position. A lot of people will attend you and be by you because of your calling. But when you are in your cave and when you feel that your life is chaotic and when you're not happy with the uneven and the ugly pieces and the unpreferred pieces of your life that they seem to make no sense and especially when you're on the run and when you're all confused, uh, it seems like you can't and you're in a hurry to try to get to your destination. And your present does not match the promise that God has given you. You tend to put pieces in a hurry that don't fit. And you wonder, did really God make a mistake? And should this season of my life really be part of my picture? Hello. So when you read verse 1 again of 1 Samuel 22, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Here's an interesting dynamic that I want you to understand. He is hiding from Saul, which suggests that nobody should be able to find him. Hello? You're in hiding. Nobody should be able to find him. He's on the run. But the first beauty of this text, listen closely, is that you are able to hide from hate, but you can't outrun love. Let me, let me try this side again. I said that the beauty of this text is David is running and he is hiding from Saul who hates him and is trying to kill him. And he can hide from hate. But you can never outrun love because even though he is hiding 
from hate and hiding from the jealous javelin of Saul that's trying to kill him. He cannot run from the love of God that is being there shared by the parents that show up, by his family that shows up in the midst of his crisis. You can, out, you can hide from your enemy, but thank God you cannot hide from God. You can hide from the hate of the enemy, but thank God that you cannot outrun the love of God for your life. And that's the beautiful thing that you find in this text, that even though he is hiding from his enemy, he can outrun love. And you ought to be glad that even when the devil can't find you, God will let people who really love you find you. You have people that you could trace back in your life that when the enemy was after you, when you didn't want to talk to nobody, you didn't want to see nobody, you didn't want to eat nobody, you ought to be thankful that somebody showed up not to criticize you, not to hate on you, not to put you down, not to point the finger on you, but somebody from God was sent to you to say, I'm praying for you, I'm here for you, I want you to know you're not alone, I'm willing to journey with you through your situation. And in some unknown way, in some unknown time, while David is in the run, his family somehow gets wind of where he is. And they come to find him in the cave of Adullam. And that's the way the Holy Spirit works. And nobody knows what's going on, where you've been, what's happening in your life. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will speak to somebody and say, give him a call. All of a sudden, some Holy Spirit will speak to somebody and say, would you text so-and-so right now? And you'll put that individual in your heart, in the mind. And by the Holy Spirit, you tend to find out where they are at and begin to support and help while they're going through this. Listen, why is this group of people <clears throat> so significant? Why is this first group, his family, so significant? Listen, because it was at his father's house. It is his father and his brothers that are coming. And it is the same audience, listen to me closely, that was at David's ordination service. It's the same group that saw David get anointed with oil. And be declared the next king of Israel. And so this group comes to David. Listen to me. Because they are more concerned about his person than they are about his position. They are more concerned about him as a person than they are about the position that he has and has been given. And they're not, listen to me, they're not going to allow David's crisis to change their mind about his calling. Somebody help me here this morning. Because it is so easy that the moment you fall, the moment you find yourself in distress, the moment you find yourself at a weak point, the moment you find yourself on the ground, that people will discard you. People will marginalize you. People will kick you out to the street. But this group of people is letting us know that even though there's a calling on your life, there are moments that are uneven. There are pieces 
places in your life that are uneven, that are ugly, and that are not preferred. But even in those moments, God will send people that understand that you have a calling, but they will not allow the crisis on your life change their mind about your purpose, about your calling, and what God is desired to do through your life. You need people around you that care more about you than they do about the position. You need people around you, listen, who can handle your call and your circumstance at the same time. Let me say that again. You need people in your life that can handle your call and your circumstance at the same time. You need people who know that you have been anointed but won't let your crisis change how they view your anointing. These are people who know that you've been anointed for the castle but love you enough to come into your cave. And there's a lot of people that we have that only want to be around you when you're on your way to your castle. But they're nowhere to be seen when you have your episodes and your moments that you find yourself in the cave. Get rid of them. You don't need them in your life. They are like leeches that are sucking out just and see what they can do. And they're kissing up to see what they can grab and get. But the moment that you are in the cave, they're nowhere to be found. You need people that understand, I know you're anointing, but I love you more as a person. And you need people to say, I know you have an anointing for the castle. But right now you need me in your cave and you can count on me in your cave to pray with you, to look after you, to be with you. I know you're going to the castle, but right now you need a friend in your cave. And you need people that can handle both of those because these are part of the pieces in your life that God is putting together to form the big picture. Don't need people, like I said, around you that are only wanting to be with you while you're on your way to the castle. You need people that are willing to be around you when you're busted and you're disgusted in your cave. People that when you're in your cave ain't going to be sitting back and saying, oh, I knew that he wasn't anointed. I, I, I knew that, that God really wasn't with him. I, you don't need people like that. I'm telling you, you need to go home and do some homework. Get on the Facebook with real purpose and real determination and start deleting friends that are only there when things are going good, that will only say the things when things are bad and they'll comment on this and that. You need people that love God, people that are willing to speak out the truth and people that aren't going to massage all, all kinds of, of things that are being posted there. You need people that are going to encourage you when you're inside your cave, even though you're going to the castle. It's so funny that people all of a sudden will forget about your calling to the castle and start throwing dirt on you when you're in your cave. Need friends in your life that can handle both of you. Are you listening? That they can handle both of you. That they're not going to compromise when they see you in the cave or when you're on your way to the castle. You're on your way to the castle. They have one good thing about you. They're talking, oh, oh, the moment they see you on the cave and it's like, I have no idea who this guy is. 
You need people in your life that can handle both because you're going to be in both situations. There's moments that you're going to be on your mountaintop and there's moments where you're going to be in your valley. And you want people that are in the mountaintop are willing to be with you just as well when you are in the valley. These are part of the things that David is going through. He's already been anointed to be king. People that are okay seeing you in the cave and people that are okay, you're on your way to your castle. You need people around you that know that even though you're in your cave, you still have a castle anointing. Hello, somebody. Let, let, let me see if I can help you and, and I'm about done. I'm about done. There are a lot of superheroes that I like. I saw while I was growing up. But one of them, I think, aside of Superman and even recently, you know, Spider-Man. But I grew up watching Batman. Not when he was all buff. The little Batman that I'm like, okay, thank God for technology and TV tricks because this guy has no Form or figure that this guy is a tough guy. Hello. And Batman is one of my favorites. Batman has the bat belt. He has the bat cave. He has the Batmobile. But there is an interesting matter about Batman because he has all the gadgets for every situation. But when you watch the movie, you'll discover that throughout the years, some of the resources have changed except for one. In some movies, you'll see Robin. In other movies, Robin is not even there. In other movies, you'll see Batgirl. And in other movies, she's not there. So I think I have figured out what is Batman's success. It's not that it's his belt that has all the gadgets. It's not the Batcave that has everything he needs to equip him. And it's, it's not even his Batmobile or Batcycle or all of that. I think I figured out what has made Batman successful throughout the years. And it's one person whose name is Alfred. Because Alfred is the only one that can handle Batman and Bruce Wayne. And you need people in your life that are part of that peace that can handle your anointing for the castle during the seasons that you find yourself in the cave. And you need more Alfreds in your life who can handle you when, 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 you, you, when you are in the worst part that does not match the promise of God in your life, 
You need Alfreds there that can handle both you on your way to the castle and be able to handle you when you are in your cave. Listen, there's somebody here today that you need to come out of amnesia for a moment. And you ought to thank God for those Alfreds that God has allowed to come into your life that can handle you when you're up and have been able to handle you when you're down, that have been with you when you've been up and have been with you when you're down, that have been with you when you have felt successful and have been with you when you feel like you've just gone bankrupt. You need somebody in your life and you ought to thank God and remember back the efforts that God has brought into your life when you've been in and you've been out, when you've been anointed and you've lost that anointing, when you've been in the cave and when you've been in the castle. You need people around you who know that you still have that castle anointing. Regardless of how David was in that cave. Listen. He was still king. And regardless what area of your life you find yourself today. You're still a child of God. You still have God's promises. You still have God's big picture, and he still has it in mind. Don't throw away those moments. Don't throw away those uh, pieces that are uneven, that are ugly, that are unpreferred. Uh, they'll fit. You'll find out later on when you begin to see the big picture in your life that even those ugly, unpreferred, and uneven pieces that you felt were not part of your life, they will fit perfectly, and you'll see that God is totally in control of your life even when you're in a cave, that you, God will send you your Alfreds, that God will send you family, that God will send you people that are going to journey with you to the castle, but are not going to cut out the moments of your cave. They'll be there with you. Would you stand to your feet for a moment as I say a prayer as Pastor Israel comes? Be a series for the next few Sundays. The pieces are coming together. Today, the first piece is that God confirms you in the worst time of your life. And in order to let you know that he's with you, he'll send people that are more interested in you as a person than in your position. That will walk with you not only to the castle, but will stay with you when you're in your cave. And that you need to ask God, thank God for the Alfreds in the past, and thank God, thank God for the Alfreds that he'll bring to your life that can handle both the castle and the cave in your life. Father, sometimes we don't understand the seasons that we're in. We don't understand the struggles. We don't understand the crisis and the problems that we face. That can paint a different picture than from the one that you've shown us. But today let us know that every piece fits. Let us know that even the ugly, the unpreferred, and the uneven pieces of our life work together. To paint the big picture. 
Help us not to throw any of those uneven, unpreferred, and ugly pieces of our life away. Because everything works together for the good, for those that love God and are called. Bring people to our lives that will love us just the same and even more when we're in our cave as when we are in the castle. Bring people to our lives that understand that we have an anointing for the castle. And even though we are in the cave, God has not finished with us. I pray that you allow us to endure. I pray that you'll allow us, Father, to understand that you have pieces out of our picture. But just as this picture behind us has a hand putting it together, you have not only your hand, but you've also assigned people in my life that can handle the ugly, the unpreferred, and the uneven pieces of my life that you've assigned them to help you put those pieces together so that I can see the big picture. Help me to endure those ugly moments, those unpreferred moments, and help me to endure even those uneven moments of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.